Man, I just had a flashback to freshman year at Valley Forge Christian College. Brother Lumstrom's class, he would begin every class by singing, Come Holy Spirit, I need thee. It's a good way to start off a class, isn't it? Come Holy Spirit, I need thee. Oh, thank you for some awesome songs. Pastor Matt, how many of them did you know? One. <laughs> Boy, let me guess. Uh, his name is Wonderful. Oh, he is Lord. You didn't know his name is Wonderful? Okay, you probably knew that. You know, I, I was thinking as we were sitting there singing these uh, older choruses, you know, I, I can't help but realize as they are I mean, I can just close my eyes and, and know all the words, but I'm reminded that there are others who are new in the faith that they were, might have been all new to you. So, uh, yeah, I, you, you probably didn't know any of them, did you? Well, they were songs that we used to sing back 30 years ago. So on Throwback, the last Sunday in the first service, we always do a Throwback Sunday anymore, and uh, man, some good songs. Hey, how many know... That if you haven't gotten it by now, it's what's on the inside that counts. It's what's on the inside that counts. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Starting with the 15th verse. And if you're able, shall we stand for the reading of God's word? John chapter 14. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you, or in some translation, and is in you. You may be seated. Have you ever been resisted, ridiculed, and misunderstood? If so you have a lot in common with the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Paul's words to the church at Corinth. Paul says this. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. You know why so many people resist Pentecost? Because they just can't comprehend the spirit they resist it 
for they are foolishness to him. Ridiculed, mocked. On the day of Pentecost, what were people saying that didn't understand? Ah, these people have had too much wine to drink. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why there's many who have such a misunderstanding about the working of the Holy Spirit. Whenever I speak on the topic of the Holy Spirit, I think one of the most important verses everyone needs to have in their memory is the words that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4.30. Most important of all, where Paul says, Do not grieve. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, what does it mean to grieve? It means to make sad. It means to feel grief or sorrow. It means to cause pain or distress. Man, it must not be easy being the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? How do we make the Spirit sad? How, how do we make him grieve? How do we make him full of distress? Remember what I've always said, context, context, context. And what's so important about this verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, is where it is sandwiched in. The verse right before says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Swearing, taking the Lord's name in vain, off-colored jokes, talking about one another. But what only is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may be beneficial for those who listen. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Next, get rid of all bitterness Rage, you know what rage is? Yelling and screaming, flying off at the handle. Anger, brawling, slander is speaking evil about someone behind their back. Along with every form of malice. What's malice? Malice is when you think ill of someone, when you wish someone ill, when you wish some bad fortune upon people. Be kind, compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven you. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness, rage. Now we begin to see how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Scripture is exhorting us not to cause the Holy Spirit grief and sorrow through our actions, through the choices we make. We grieve the Holy Spirit by not allowing Him to lead us and control us. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we choose our own selfish ways. 
we grieve the Holy Spirit by not obeying him. Now, it may surprise a lot of you because you know of your pastor's passion and love for chocolate. And maybe you haven't known this, but if this table was filled with every candy out there, the first one I would choose is the Getz Caramel Creams. Why? More so than chocolate. And this is how I've come to this conclusion. There have been times in our church office where there have been little wrapped square caramels, the kinds you melt and you dip apples in at this time of the year. And those caramels in those little square packages will sit there for a long time until I'm desperate enough and Nancy's candies jar is empty that I'll, I'll, I'll unwrap one of those little square caramels and eat it. I call it my desperate candy. Then why is this your favorite? We'll get there. Sometimes people bring in a box of chocolate. The box goes open, and I'll first go for the chocolate-covered peanuts or the um, pecans. And thank God for the boxes that have them labeled. Oh. And I'll look then for the caramels. Even though they're chocolate-covered, it won't be my first. Which makes me conclude then, if I don't eat caramel by itself, and I don't select the chocolate-covered caramel first, why then is the caramel cream my favorite? Because it's all about what's on the inside. And when I think about my favorite candy, I think about the presence of the Holy Spirit within the believer because the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us makes all the difference in the world. When I think of my favorite candy, you may bow your heads and you may partake now. No, just kidding. <laughs> when I think of my favorite candy, Maybe I've been preaching too long. I want to liken the inside to the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. From three ways. I want to take a look at its identity. I want to take a look at its indwelling. And I want to take a look at its impact. Identity, indwelling, and impact. I have tried to dissect the cream before. Poke it out, taste it, and all I know is it's a wonderful, creamy, sweet, sugary substance. That's how I identify it. Let's identify the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Some translations have comforter. Some translations have friend. 
to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I don't know if these words, counselor, comforter, really do an adequate job at identifying who the Holy Spirit is. When you think of comforter, what do you think of? My first thought when I think of comforter is way back in the early 80s, Heather and I went on our first missions trip to Gainsborough, England. Gainsborough, I'm, I'm looking at, because you're from England, you're from across the pond. Gainsborough, England is five hours north of London up in Lincolnshire, I believe. And when we were there, the host home, the home that we stayed at, had a down comforter. It was the most comfortable, cozy, it was the best nights of sleep I ever got. In fact, it was so important that we left with one from England. Carried it on the plane. But the Holy Spirit is not just a warm blanket to wrap yourself up in on a cold winter's night. Where does this word comforter come from in the King James? And, and it really comes from a Latin influence where a comforter means to come alongside with strength. Comforter in the Latin means to come alongside with strength. And now we start to get a little bit more identity as to what the Holy Spirit is. When you hear counselor, what do you think about? When you hear the word counselor, what do you think about? Summer camp. Good counselors, bad counselors. Maybe high school. Your guidance counselor. But Jesus is more than the Holy Spirit. Jesus had in mind more than just one who, who provided a listening ear and, and offered some advice. Perhaps you think when you hear the word counselor, you think of legal counsel or an advocate who represents you before court. I believe Jesus is communicating much more to his disciples than our modern understanding of comforter and counselor. I found it interesting that the Message Bible says he will send you another friend. I believe this comes a little bit closer to the intention. A real friend loves you. A real friend will not abandon you in the midst of difficulties. A real friend is like a comforter. They will encourage you, come alongside of you to give you strength when it's needed the most. A real friend is like a counselor who will take time to listen and to give advice and to hear your darkest concerns and your deepest secrets and offer you with uh, direction. Comforter, counselor, friend. Each of these words to try to give identity to the Holy Spirit but it's much more than that. In the Greek, it's alos. Alos is another of the same kind. Jesus says, my father will send another of the same kind. And the word paraclete, alos, uh, uh, alos paraclete, paraclete is one who comes alongside of you. Another of the same kind 
who comes alongside of you is the literal translation. Jesus is telling that the, from the Father we will see another of the same kind who will be a helper, who will be a counselor, who will be a comforter, who will be a friend, just like Jesus. Just as we read about the life of Jesus, so the Holy Spirit is. And it says that he is the spirit of truth. Just 11 verses before, Jesus told his disciples, I am the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus says, I am sending, Jesus says that the Father will send another who is just like me. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth that brings light and revelation as to who. The Son of God is. Light and revelation to God's word. The identity. There's much more I could talk about the identity of the Holy Spirit. But let's talk about the indwelling. It dwells where? Right in the middle. Inside. The caramel. Now, I have always heard this. Let Scripture speak for itself. Right? Let Scripture. Scripture is more powerful than any words I could say. So I'm going to let Scripture speak for itself when we talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We read it this morning. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit, come on, lives All right, you'll catch on. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is? Whom you received from God. Therefore, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your life. We're doing something once a month on Wednesday nights where we have family dinners. And this past Wednesday, I... Really enjoyed being with people, having empanadas, and the empanadas that had the apple in it they, for dessert. They were just over the top. What oh, uh, off the chain? Is that what they say today? Off the chain or something like that? With a little vanilla ice cream. And then we came over, and Pastor Matt. In fact, this Wednesday night, I'll be finishing up the uh, book of Malachi. Pastor Matt uh, taught it last Wednesday night, and we were on the portion where even though God was rebuking his people in the dispute, God always has a faithful remnant. Did you know that? God said, for those who fear me, you will be put in the scroll of remembrance because you have feared me and because you have honored me. 
And Pastor Matt at this, asked this great question. How do we honor God? You ever thought, how do you honor God? And one person said this. We honor God by how we treat one another. Whoa. It's pretty good. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted you. What's the good deposit? I believe the good deposit is God's word. God's word that has been entrusted to you. What's the good deposit? The promises. What's the good deposit? Guard the salvation that was entrusted to you. God's guard, guard God's truth. Guard God's word. Guard his promises. Guard his salvation. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us or in you. I trust that you will never look at a Getz's caramel cream again in the same way. But whenever you see one, you'll remember it's the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. Now, for everyone who received one and don't like them, raise your hand. Ushers, can you get the basket and collect all those and bring them forward and present them to the pastor? When I was a kid, how many, when you have an Oreo, you open it up and you lick the cream? When I was a kid, here you go. When I was a kid, and I think uh, the reason how I got addicted to these, <laughs> addicted, that's a good word, <laughs> is my parents had a camper, so we'd go camping, and we'd always go up to, like, Maine and stuff, and you'd go into those general stores where they had penny candy. And I always remember going for the barrel and getting a handful. When I was a kid, I used to poke the middle out and just suck on the cream and then eat the caramel. Then one day I realized I was missing the impact because when you take out the cream, the caramel is not as impactful. What makes this, what, what gives it its taste? It's the cream in the middle. I want to talk about the impact that the Holy Spirit makes upon us. We started the scripture this morning if you love me, you will. Now, can I be honest? If I was one of his disciples, and I heard Jesus say these words, if you love me, you will obey me. I'm like, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you have heard it say, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, even if you look at a woman and lust, you've committed adultery. You've heard it say, don't murder. But I tell you, if you're angry against your brother, you are be subject to judgment. 
You've heard it say an eye for an eye for a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, if one slaps you on one cheek, offer the other. You've heard it say, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. When Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. My mind is going back to his teachings saying, but how? If the people in the Old Testament couldn't even obey the Ten Commandments, Lord, you just set the bar higher How in the world is it possible for me to obey? Not only even to obey, but in my A personality, OCD, how am I even going to remember everything you said? I'm just like, Well, the impact of the Holy Spirit first as a teacher. What did we read? Further down in chapter 14. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. We have one who comes alongside, who dwells in, in, who will remind us and reveal to us all that Jesus has said. He will guide us into all truth. Jesus says, I'm not asking you to do this by yourself. But I'm sending a helper, a comforter, one to come alongside who lives in you that will make a tremendous impact upon your life. He will convict even when you go wrong. It's the Holy Spirit who will give you a nudge and say, you shouldn't do that. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher who will reveal, who will remind, who will guide, but also the Holy Spirit as our empower. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Power to say no to the temptation of the flesh. Power to live out the godly, holy life that God wants you. There is a power that is associated with the Holy Spirit. I could go scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about power. Listen to Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. I pray that out of his glorious riches, may, you may be strengthened. They, you may be you, <laughs> riches. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I read about the fruit of the spirit, and it's not the fruits. Don't, boy, if there's one thing that gets my knickers in a twist... It's when people refer to the fruit of the Holy Spirit as the fruits, plural. It's not plural. It's one fruit that consists of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So you can't pick and choose like a buffet. 
It's one. When I think of that fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, I say, that is not my human nature, but it's the nature of Christ that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live. Go home. Just go home. (laughs) This week, compare Romans chapter 7 with Romans chapter 8. Paul talks about his struggle with sin, and I believe that's sin from his past. Struggles with sin. I, 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 I. In Romans chapter 7. Oh, what a wretched man I am. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. What a wretched man is I. I, I, I. And right there, chapter 7, starting with verse 7, it talks about struggle with sin. But then chapter 8 talks about life through the Spirit. And circle all the time in chapter 8, it talks about the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. I have them all circled, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. It's the Spirit who powers us, empowers us. If the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead, that will also give you life to your mortal bodies. Through the Holy Spirit who lives in. There have been two occasions in my life where the power of the Holy Spirit has been so precious to me in this way. He empowers us, but Scripture says He also helps us in our weakness. When we do not know how We ought to pray. And the both situations in my life where the power of the Holy Spirit has been so evident and so impactful, probably more than the white cream, deals with both of my granddaughters. Years ago when Leah was just two, when she had her we were at Cheesecake Factory the day after Thanksgiving. You know what the mall is like the day after Thanksgiving. And she had her seizure because of a high fever. And Bonnie takes her, and I'm running with Bonnie to the car, and Leah's turning blue, and, and we're trying to get out of the mall and the traffic to get to the hospital. I, you know, just call 911. My daughter's holding. Wake up, Leah, wake up. Wake up, Leah. Wake up. And then in her weakness, all she does is just starts praying in the spirit. 
And the other event just happened a few months ago in March when Bonnie and her other daughter, Natalie, were medevaced to St. Barnabas Burn Center. And Heather rode up with Joe, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the parkway all by myself in my car alone, not knowing what's going on other than I know she had been severely burned with 25 to 30% of her body. I'm telling you, all the cars around me must have thought, who is that crazy guy? Because in our weakness, when we don't know how to pray, thank God for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who gives us a personal prayer language where we can just pray before him. Never underestimate the impact of the power of the Holy Spirit as a teacher, as one who empowers, and one who helps in our weakness, who dwells in you as one who comes alongside, as a comforter, counselor, friend. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Would you just bow? Thank you, Jesus.